You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Welcome to Technically Speaking with Franz de Klerk, independent technical analyst talking to us from somewhere in the Groot Karoo in South Africa. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by shenet.co.za. We have to talk about several things, Franz de Klerk, because we haven't spoken for a while. We have to limit ourselves to three things. The S&P 500, the All Share Top 40 Futures Index or Cash Index, whichever you prefer, and also the South African rant. Let's start with the S&P because it fell 55 points on Friday, a really, really big move. It's down around about five as we speak, and it was down around about 20 in the early hours of this morning. Tell us about the S&P, if you would. Yeah, Lindsay, you know, if you look at the chart, I mean, on the weekly chart on the S&P 500, it was just so overbought. And we know by now that if the indexes gets overbought, there's always a little bit of news that turns the direction of that. And that's exactly what happened on Friday. And if I look at the chart, the big level, and that's why I think they've closed it there, was at that 2.8%. Um, when they closed it at 2.8, I thought that, listen, these guys maybe plan a little, a little bit of a rally from there. Now, this morning, the futures were a little bit lower, but it starts to pick up again. But I think we need to keep our eye on that 2.8 level. Now, I'm looking at a weekly line chart for those that maybe follow the program. Um, the big thing there is if 2.8 can turn into a resistance. That can mean that the rally that, and I mean, this wonderful rally that we had, I mean, it was a fantastic rally from, let's say, middle December all the way to where we are now. That can maybe then start showing some signs of, let's call it loss of momentum. But I'm watching something else on the S&P 500. When it breaks below 2.8, the 40-week moving average, that old reliable 40-week moving average is sitting at 2.749. Now, I know some guys will say, yes, just below that, there's maybe a possibility of the forming of an inverse head and shoulder, right shoulder pattern. But I'm looking at that 2749 level. Now, if that breaks, and the other level is quite important, is 2728. If 2749 gives a resistance and 2728 gives a resistance, then unfortunately, I think that we can move all the way back, not maybe as as low as the December lows, but maybe back to that 2610 level. Now, what I'm looking at, if you look at the S&P 500, we've seen now that the market rallied all the way beautifully from an oversold situation. But the important thing is it could not take out the high that we saw in September 2019. Now, if you're a little bit creative on the charts and you look at the chart from about, uh, let's say, October 2017, you can maybe say that we're working on an ugly but ugly head and shoulder formation, but that's way too early to do that. I'm seeing that we, we could not break that high that we saw in September 2018, and if we move below 2.8 and especially below the 2.749, I will see that as a proper lower high that's starting to develop. And that will be extremely negative for the S&P 500. And given saying that is remember almost all the good news is priced into this index. Now, if you look at all the good news, we should have gone to either a new high or very close to a new high. And we could not do that. And if I use my stochastic, and most of the guys that follow me know that I love the old slow stochastic. That's a conservative indicator. That slow stochastic is slowly but surely starting to break to the downside out of a overbought situation. So, guys, 
below 2749. Unfortunately, I am negative on the S&P 500. Unless the S&P 500 proves me completely wrong, then it needs to break above 2852 to give us another push higher. Okay, so what you're saying is that it needs to test the old highs and it needs to break down through certain short-term support levels. I was speaking to a gentleman from the United States on Friday and he put across the level of 27.70 to 27.75 as a sort of key support level. Do you see that on your graphs? Yes, I can definitely see that. I can tell you now where he gets that from. That was the rally that we've seen in November 2018, that Friday, and it closed at around 2782. Now, I I think where he gets that level from, if that can turn into a resistance, usually that will be as an early signal that we can head to that 200-day or 40-week moving average. Now, he's quite correct by doing that, but I looked at the weekly chart just for some viewers that's maybe more invested in the S&P 500 out of a long-term perspective, but he is spot on with that level. There's nothing wrong with that level at all. Okay, so interesting times for the S&P 500. Maybe Friday was just an anomaly and maybe we're not going to get that Monday after the Friday sell-off as well. Who knows? Now that Mr. Trump is feeling happy, maybe we won't get that. Let's have a look now at the All Share Top 40 Index. Given the news of Naspers listing its internet assets in Amsterdam, this has a big, big impact on the future of the JSE and the future of the Top 40. But let's see what the chart says all share top 40 at the moment around about 49,100 Franz de Klerk. Yes, Lindsay. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about the S&P, that's an interesting um, sector, but I'm of index, I'm looking at, at the top 40 and, and why I'm looking at it. We've got now a few weeks where we've got, if I look at the candlestick chart on a weekly basis, we've got like we, what we call a beautiful triple top developing this some beautiful upper shadows now just for the viewers or the listeners that that listen to this program an upper shadow means that there were some sellers waiting at the top to sell the index now this is exactly what happened and this is now the week of the 25th of february uh, the 4th of march and even last week every time that the market rallied it was sold off now, the big level there, and this is the important one, and we looked at the S&P now, and you will see now that we're not that far above the 40-week moving average as well. The big level there to watch is 48,953. If it breaks below 48, let's call it 950, this index can easily go back to the 40-week moving average, which is a support at the moment, and that's sitting at 48,584. So it's not that that far apart. So I'm a little bit nervous, Ben, and when I see tweezer tops, especially on a on a weekly basis over the last three, four weeks, it just tells me that there's definitely some serious sellers selling into this market. And we must also keep in mind that South Africa is mostly an, an, uh, a country that exports stuff, so they love a weaker rand. And the rand did weaken over the last couple of weeks, but the index did not manage to go above, and this is the important level, above 50,747. We could not manage to go above that, and that makes me a little bit nervous. That tells me that although there's a weaker rand in the making, the, the, the informed capital is selling the market in strength. And that's always a case of concern because what it means is if the 40-week moving average then turns into a resistance, we can easily see some nasty selling to the downside. And just to brush a little bit onto NASPERS, remember NASPERS this morning announced that, but the, the, the index pushed NASPERS up almost 40 rand. And now it's losing momentum and it's 20 rand down. Now, that just tells me that there is maybe some guys also selling into strength there. 
But what is but what worries me the most? You know, we've got now a few big companies that is mentioning that they're looking at maybe listing some of their assets overseas. You know, we've seen Billiton many years ago when they moved, and then we we got South Thirty Two out of that. But that makes me a little bit nervous that there's some some of these bigger, you can almost say, multinationals are starting to get nervous on South Africa. And that worries me because you rightly said it can have one major impact on the index if, if top performers like a NASPERS starts to move somewhere else. Yes, indeed. And you'll use the liquidity. And I know that liquidity is very important and volume is very important when it comes to technical analysis, Franz. Yeah, you know, the other thing is it, it's not just the case here. I think volatility around the world is an issue and it's becoming a bigger issue. And what I'm worried about is the volatility, but not just in South Africa. It's almost a case of around the world. And what we need to understand is when the quantitative easing was on the go and we're sitting still on record low interest rates around the globe, what we've seen is is that some of these bigger companies, like a British American tobacco or Tencent, or you can mention them, Raynet and all those companies, they decided with these low interest rates that they feel that they can actually buy some shares out of the cash that they've got. Now, you know, that is almost a case of that they buy the stock up, but who are they going to sell to when the index or the market starts to pull back? And that makes me nervous because the volatility has almost died up on a lot of indexes, even with South Africa. You know, the Aussie, the top 40 that we always trade on a daily basis, the future contract, in, in let's say two, three years ago, there was easily 22, 27,000 contracts traded during the day. Nowadays, some days you get it that it's as low as maybe 14 or 13,000. So what it tells you is that the retail investor has almost gave up on these markets and, and they're a little bit nervous on that. And it's not just in South Africa, it's around the world sort of issue. And what I think is when these markets, especially the S&P 500 and the top 40 and all these big indexes, when they really start to come under pressure, we're going to see a spike in volume. volume. Why? Not because of the retail investor that wants to sell, but I think out of these big companies that decides, listen, we had a beautiful rally in the stock, We've got some money in the bank and we need to offload. Now, my big question is, who are they going to offload to? Now, if there's not big financial institutions buying that from them, unfortunately, that lack of volatility will also cause that these companies will realize that some of these share prices can go much lower than anyone has anticipated. Let's talk about the RAND now, because the RAND is very much linked to flows in the equity markets and the bond markets and the sentiment markets as well. The South African RAND to me is extraordinary in the fact that it's sort of orbiting that 1450 against the US dollar level, despite every opportunity to go down with the fundamentals that we're currently enduring in South Africa. What do the charts say, France? Yeah, Lindsay, if you know, if you look at the RAND, and I'm looking at the weekly candlestick chart, and maybe just for, for listeners, remember, a candlestick chart is nothing else than a chart that caps the, the, uh, the emotion of the investor. In actual fact, it, it always tells you the fear and greed factor, and that's ex- ideal for a trader. But if you look at the, the, the RAND to the dollar, during the last couple of months, and I'm looking at the weekly chart here, there is a falling wedge that has developed. And when the RAND broke above that 14 RAND 11 
cents level. Now, that, that's very close to the old 40-week moving average. That is that is sitting at the moment at 14.09. But when it broke above that 14.11, it was almost that the rand wanted to go to 14 rand 60. Now, last week, it sort of got some support at around 14.56, and it's pulling a little bit back there. But I agree with you, with all the, the, the negativity around of load shedding and all the things that's happening around the politics, there must be some nervous investors around. But what I think what we're going to see here is if this falling wedge is going to play out. Now, the big thing is the rand must break above 14.56 to give us that another push to the top to around 15 rand where the target is of this falling wedge. It must either break above 14.56 to go to 15 or it can maybe surprise us all and go as low as 14.09 to come back to test that level of 13.84. But unfortunately, a falling wedge is not going to play out in a week or two. A falling wedge that's developed over many months, and this one's developed over almost four months, five months now. It sometimes takes a little bit of effort to get to that target of 15 rand. And we know now over the weekend we will know about Moody's, but I think the big level here is 14 rand 56. If 14 rand 56 turns out to, to attract some more sellers to the rand, we can easily go to 15 rand. And the nasty thing, if 15 rand breaks, there's nothing wrong for the index or, or the, the rand to go as low as 15 rand 63. So uh, let's let's hope that it doesn't do that. But I think personally the rand is going to play out eventually to 15 rand unless the rand surprises me completely and go back to that 1384 level. Just before we leave things, France, you've got to give us one stock that you like or you dislike, preferably like. I mean, I'm looking at Sabania on my screen now. 17 rand 15 cents per share. It was around 13.50.14 just a week or a week and a half ago. That's beautiful, as you would say. A beautiful rally in the gold shares. Naspers today down 1.1% to 32.41. Uh, Aspen was a horror show at 91 rand <laughs> per share. Steinhoff was 2 rand 10 four or five days ago is now 1 rand 70. What do you like at the moment? Give us a tip. You know, Lindsay, unfortunately, um, in this kind of market where the S&P 500 is slowly but surely telling us that there's maybe things on the boil out of a, out of an oversold situation, I'm not going to look at buying something because um, Sabanya, I called way below. It's almost five, six rand lower that I thought that the, the stock can go up and the technicals give it. But the stock that I'm looking at shorting, unfortunately shorting and selling, is Capitec Bank. Oh. I mean, Capitec was the one stock that ignored all the corrections in the past. In actual fact, um, I had such a wonderful chat a, a while back with Mr. Lucas DeLonge, my old mentor that helped me a lot with trading and in, even technically investing. And we were looking for a word to say, what is the name of a share if it is just ignoring all the technicals and don't believe in the stochastic or the RSI? Overvalued, that's what I call a it. Stock. And we called it a mad stock, an irregular stock that didn't want to listen. Now, that's why I'm saying Capitec is that company. And we're sitting maybe on what we call an irregular double top. Now, an irregular double top usually calls for a little bit of a correction. And I will say that below 1,300 Rand, unfortunately, it can go a little bit lower. And for those guys that want a stop loss, 1,352. But if the stock breaks below, and it's scary, if it breaks below 1,250 Rand 68, we can see it as low as 1,217. 
and even as low as in time to come, 1,130 rand. So unfortunately, no buying for me at the moment. I'm a little bit negative. I believe that Capitec has just rallied too far. The indicator, the stochastic, all the guys that look at, look at that will see that it's making a beautiful divergence, telling you that the stock just rallied too far and maybe there's some selling in the offer. Well, it's long overdue in many people's eyes. Uh, France de Klerk, load shedding, is that treating you well or do you not care because you burn fertilizer and uh, have solar panels and all that sort of thing? <laughs> Lindsay, you know what's the scary thing? Yeah. Um, that we tend to adapt to it and we, we, we fit our lives around it. But um, uh, luckily, me and Christelle works in diff- two different towns. So usually the, the load shedding is not, um, you know, messing us around. But what we're doing is, unfortunately, we need to look at solar panels. And, you know, I thought about this morning an ugly thing. If most of the, let's call it the paid customers, the guys that pay ESCOM for their services, they're starting to move over to solar panels, it can affect ESCOM's in, uh, income even more. So although we're busy working at um, solar panels, I believe that unfortunately there's big problems with ESCOM and we've, we've adapted to it. But eventually, you know, if you want to build a big business or a big, um, if you want to, let's say, boost the economy, there's just no way that you can do it with unreliable electricity. And that's what we're sitting in in South Africa at the moment. And that's why I maybe, and I didn't pick it up from your that clear, but for me, I'm surprised about the rand because I think that load shedding is going to unfortunately put the market or the, put the, the economy under pressure. And we should see that in the rand. Maybe the big guys wants to give Mr. Ramaphosa a chance at the election in about a month's time. But I cannot see that the RAND can hold these levels if these sort of situations remain with us. I think there are hedge funds now listening to you and watching the RAND and reading the newspapers and saying, right, this thing is ripe for an attack and they are going to attack it and it will go to 15, 50, 16, even if it's only brief. Even if the rating agencies do give us a a clean bill of health, which I can't see, but if they do, then it doesn't matter. I think the hedge funds must be licking their lips at the moment, uh, especially during perhaps thin times, you know, sell in May and go away and all that sort of thing. Maybe uh, thin conditions. I think they're going to have a field day. How do we follow your wisdom, Franz de Klerk? Give us your contact details, please. Lindsay, it's quite easy. Um, Everyone can visit my website, www.franzdeklerk.com. They can find all our services there. But interesting, just before we go, we find a lot of guys nowadays that wants to learn to trade. And and some of these guys are clever. They want to teach themselves over a year or a two-year period how to get involved with trading and how to become successful traders because, and it's quite simple, you can do it from anywhere in the world. So um, nowadays when I teach somebody, we concentrate a lot on the top 40. And we concentrate a lot on the S&P 500 and even the NASDAQ because I think that that will cover most of it. So if you can just get those three markets under your belt, you can actually make a living anywhere in the world. And, and, and you're not then, you can almost say stuck in one place. You can go over the world. And, and remember, trading will be us. It's been with us for many, many decades, and it's going to be with us for quite a while again. Master Clerk, thanks so much for your valuable time. Great insight, beautiful conversation. Go and look after the sheep now and don't worry about the markets too much. That's Franz de Klerk from the Groot Courier.